at your place. Let's stand together in reverence of reading other scriptures this morning. We'll ask the Lord to speak to us through his word. And I thank him for it. Mark chapter 5 verse 1. The Bible says, And they came over unto the other side of the sea, in the country of the Gadareans. And when he was come out of the ship, speaking of Jesus, immediately there met him of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwellings among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because they had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. He besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountain a great herd of swine feeding. All the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. Forthwith Jesus gave them leave. The unclean spirits went out, entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place in the sea. There were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled, told it to the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. They come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind And they were afraid. They that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. They began to pray him to depart out of their coast. When he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends. Tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in the copolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. I'm interested this morning in this thought, as I have had this scripture on my heart. There's another scripture I'm going to share that's in the Old Testament. I'm interested in this thought this morning. How low, how low can we go? How low can we go? Dear Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for the privilege of being here this morning. Thank you for every song that the choir has sung. Thank you, Lord, for those who have already come forward into the altar to pray and to talk to you, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you would bind the powers of Satan. God, that you would move in this service in a mighty way. God, speak to our hearts through your word. Fill me with your spirit. Forgive me where we failed. Strengthen us where we're weak. And do, Lord, only what you can in this service. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. Thank you for being here. Thankful for the visitors that are here with us this morning. It's a blessing that you're here. How low can we go? As I begin to think and study on this chapter, there were several other verses that has come to my mind this morning in the way of introduction. And I want to share them with you as we look into this text. It all starts in the book of Genesis, in chapter number 3. 
There was a man by the name of Adam, and his wife's name was Eve. And it was there in Genesis 3 where the Bible says this, Now the serpent, now the serpent. In Genesis chapter number 4, only one chapter later, we find of two brothers, one by the name of Cain, who slew his brother by the name of Abel. We find now in Genesis chapter number 6, where the Bible says that the wickedness of man was great. This was speaking of the days of Noah. We move on just a little bit further in the beginning of our Bible. In Genesis chapter number 18, we find there a place that is mentioned by the name of Sodom and Gomorrah. We also can read in the Bible, and I could go on and share uh, several different examples, but we find people in the Bible, one, where the power of God was on this man. The strength of God was in this man's life, but this man began to walk away from the Lord and from the power of the Lord. This man that you can read in your Bible, his name was Samson. We'll also find a man in the Bible by the name of King Saul. King Saul started his life doing what was right. King Saul was humble, but they come a time in his life where the Bible says they begin to enter into him an evil spirit. We find that the rest of the days of King Saul, he spent in jealousy and he spent in trying to murder a man by the name, a young man by the name of David. We read in our Bible about a lady by the name of Mary Magdalene. You can find her in Mark chapter number 16. The Bible teaches us that this lady by the name of Mary Magdalene had seven devils that lived inside of her. We find also in the book of Luke chapter number 11, we find where there was one unclean spirit that was in a man. And this man swept and cleaned and garnished his house. Then the Bible goes on and tells us that after he got everything cleaned up, there were seven other more wicked than that. And the last state of this man was worse than the first. John 10.10 teaches us, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I want to ask you this morning, I need you to listen. I need you to pay real close attention. How low... Can you go? How low can we go? I read an account in the book of Daniel. This is very interesting. I need you to hear it. And then we'll get into our message this morning. I read in the book of Daniel. Tells an interesting story about a king. This king's name was Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And he could not figure out the interpretation of his dream. So Nebuchadnezzar, he called the magicians, he called the astrologers, he called the Chaldeans, and he called the soothsayers. But there was not one man that King Nebuchadnezzar called that could give the interpretation of his dream. We find then the king called a man by the name of Daniel. And when Daniel came in, he said, this was your dream, king, and this is the interpretation of your dream. He said, that tree that you dreamed of, that was real tall, and reached into the heavens. He said the leaves was fair. He said there was much fruit, and there was meat for all. He said the branches on that tree was so big and so mighty, the fowls, the birds in the air, they can come and they can lodge in those branches. He said, you know who that is? He said, that is you, O king. That is you. You are the one who has grown. You are the one who is mighty. You are the one who has 
got great honor. He said, but also the second part of your dream is this. He said, the tree gets cut down and it gets cut down to the stump. He said, you will be driven away from man. He said, you're going to leave, live as a beast in the field. He said, you'll know not, but he said, you will know this. He said, you'll find out, king, that you do not rule, but the heavens rule. And then he goes on and he says this. Listen to this, church. This is very important. He said, let my counsel be accepted to you, O king. He said, you need to break off from your sins. He said, you need to get rid of the iniquities. And he said, you need to show mercy to the poor. The Bible teaches us in the book of Daniel, 12 months later, 12 months later, this king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar walks into his palace and makes this statement. This is great Babylon. He says that I have built. He says by my might. He said this is great Babylon that has been built by my power. And he said this great Babylon has been built for my honor. That's what King Nebuchadnezzar cried out as he stood there in his palace. The Bible says, while he yet spake, a voice from heaven saying this, the kingdom is now departed from thee. When you get to Daniel chapter number four and verse number 33, it says, the same hour it was fulfilled, this king who was one time in a palace has now been driven out of the palace. His mind has went away. The Bible says that this king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar, he is eating grass in the field like an oxen. It said his body is now being wet every morning by the dew. It says that his hair has now grown like eagle's feathers. And it said that his fingernails has grown like bird claws. What an amazing thing. I would say to you and even to myself this morning, this king who was at one time in a palace now finds himself homeless, sleeping in the woods. You say, preacher, what are you trying to teach us this morning? I'm trying to remind you and I how important it is that you and I continue to walk with the Lord. I'm trying to remind you and I, my family and your family, how important it is that every decision that we make has consequences behind those decisions. I'm trying to remind you and I that at one time when you was singing in the choir, but now you stopped. At one time you was attending Sunday school, but now you don't. At one time you was reading your Bible, but now you've laid your Bible down. At one time you were serious about prayer, but now you hardly ever pray. At one time you was excited about the things of God, but now the things of God does not stir you anymore. I'm here to remind you and I, how far can you and I fall if we're not very careful. You say, oh, preacher, it'll never happen to me. Oh, preacher, it'll never happen to my family. Oh, preacher, you don't have to worry about us. Everything is good with me. I could go from pew to pew and from person to person that at one time in their life, they were serious about living for the Lord, but they got cold on the things of God and they walked away from the house of God and the things of God was not important to them anymore. And if they would, I would not ask them to do it, but if they would, they could come behind 
from this pulpit and they could testify and they could say to you, you better listen, you better listen, you better listen because before you know it or before I know it, we could be so far out of the will of God that people wouldn't even know we'd ever even been saved before. We need to realize that. This is serious. Serious message for a serious time. A serious message for a serious time. I will share this with you, and I don't know, I don't put a whole lot of stock in dreams. But I will tell you this. There's been a lot going on in my family. There's been a lot of sickness with my mother. There's just a lot of different situations that me and my family are dealing with now. But then there's been some real exciting things that my family has experienced just yesterday. But I'll say this to you. I don't know whether I'd eat too much pizza. I don't know whether I'd drunk too much Pepsi. Whatever it was, the other night I went to sleep. And while I was asleep, I had the worst dream that I think I've ever had in my life. I dreamed, now this was my dream. I dreamed that everyone that I knew was gone. I don't know where they was at. My wife was not around, my children was not around, my grandchildren was not around. And I was trying my best to figure out, where's, where is my family? Where is everyone at? Where did everyone go? And in my dream, I was just so troubled because I couldn't find my family. I couldn't, couldn't find the people that I loved the most. And then in my dream, as crazy as it was, I, I found myself... I was sleeping in a, in a ditch, a, a, a ditch on the side of the street. And I was sleeping there and I woke up and I realized that I was homeless. And while I was dreaming all of this and I was laying there in that ditch on the side of the road, there was a young man in this church. And I know who it was. They, it was in my dream. And they come to me and I was laying there in that ditch and they And they come to me and they said, hey, hey, I think I know you. And in my dream, I looked up at them and they said, are you not Preacher Keith? And this is what I said. I said, no, no, I'm not. They said, no, wait a minute. You you was the pastor where I went to church. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. And I woke up from that dream. And they was a, not a demonic fear. It was more like a holy fear. It was more like it hit me like it had never hit me before. You know what? How low could I go? How far out could I find myself? Don't ever say, child of God, it'll never happen to me. Don't ever say, child of God, I would never do what they've done. Don't ever say, look, my family, my kids, my wife or my husband, I cannot believe what that guy did. I cannot believe what that woman did. I cannot believe how far out of the will of God they are. Let me ask you this question. How low could you go? How low could you go? Man, I'm telling you, when I woke up from that dream, it hit me like it never hit me before. 
I need to get more serious about living for my Savior. I need to be serious about what I'm doing when it comes to serving Jesus. Amen? Amen. As I begin to give you this introduction of how low could you go, the Lord began to deal with me in Mark chapter number 5, and I'll preach down through this chapter a little bit, and then we'll be dismissed. The Lord began to deal with me, this individual in chapter 5, and all of the Word of God is one of the lowest. He's one of the lowest. We see in verse number 2 that there was a man, the Bible says, with an unclean spirit. An unclean spirit. What in the world does that mean? It simply means it is a man without Jesus. This man does not have Jesus in his life. If Jesus Christ is your Savior, say amen. amen. You and I don't need to take for granted that we're saved. Amen. We don't need to take for granted that we're born again and one day we're going to heaven. That is a blessing, my friends. We see right here that this man was one of the lowest because this man had an unclean spirit. This man was without Jesus. And then the Lord dealt with me about it like this. This man was almost as low as he could go. He was almost as low as he could go. I thought as I was studying and I was praying, I was like, Lord, how much lower could this man go? This man is already so far out there. How much lower could this man go? And the Lord reminded me of these verses. Revelation 20 and verse number 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Revelation 20 and 14, and death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. Revelation 20, 15, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Revelation 21, 8, but the fearful, listen, the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. This man that we are reading about in Mark chapter number 5, he was low, but let me remind you, there was another step below where he's at now. And I want to remind you, if you're in this service this morning, and Jesus Christ is not your Savior and Lord, you have never repented of your sins and turned to Christ and asked Him to save you, to be your Savior so that you can go to heaven. I don't care how low you get while you're living. I want to remind you there is another step beyond that step. And that step is all of eternity. We need to be reminded of that this morning. So I see a man here that is as low as almost he could possibly go. Verse number two teaches us this man, he lived in the tombs, he lived in the gra graveyards with an unclean spirit. He was impure, he was foul, and he was demonic. Verse number three, when it says he lives in the graveyard, it represents darkness. John three nineteen says people love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. This man didn't live with the living. This man lived with the dead. This man did not live with the living. This man lived with the dead. Verse number three teaches us of this man. It says that no man could bind him. 
No man could bind him. That simply means that he lived a life out of control. This man lived a life unrestrained. This man lived a wild life. Verse number three, it gives us uh, uh, the effort of other people that tried to come to him. They would try to bind him. They would try to help him. But every human effort had failed. There was not one thing that one person could do for this man. I'm telling you, this man was almost, that's an important word, this man was almost as low as he could go. There was only one step lower than where he was at, and that step was all of eternity in the lake of fire. Can you imagine? People would come by. They would try to help him. No one could help him. People would come by. They would try to bind him. No one could bind him. This man was harmful to himself. He was cutting himself with stones. That that tells us not only was he harmful to himself, but there's no doubt he was harmful to others. This man found himself in a bad place. Romans 3.15 says, people's feet can be swift to shed blood. Listen to me, church, please. You don't have to go very far to see people that's low. You don't have to go very far. If you've cut your TV on any at all in the last week or two, you you don't have to look very far to find that some people are low, but others are really low. And and it don't take long to figure out that, that the world that we're living in is dark and evil and the devil is moving in a mighty way. The question this morning stays the same. How low can you go? How low can you go? How low could I go? What's the first step of finding yourself falling and dropping away from the will of God for you and your family? What was the first step? As I began to pray this morning, I thought, I would love to be able to ask certain individuals, what was the first step? Do you remember what you did when you said, ah, this is not bad? It was just that first step. And then after the first step, I would love to find out, after you made that first step and you realized, you know what, this is not what I need to be doing here. This is not right. This is sin. I'm I'm walking away from the will of God. I'm, I'm turning my back on the presence of God. I'm curious, after you took the first step, how easy was the second? And then after you took the second and the third, and then the next thing you know, you're there for a month, and then you're there for two months, and then you're there for six months. Did, did, did the conviction in your heart, did it start growing dull? Or was that conviction still as strong as it was when you took that first step? See, because the question remains the same. How low could you go? We're reading of a king who, who had everything, but now found himself living in the woods living with his hair growed out like eagle's feathers, living with his fingernails so long that it was like bird claws, sleeping in the woods and waking up with the dew of the night soaking his body. He went from here to here in a matter of 12 months. 12 months. From being 
in the very highest position as king to being homeless, living in woods. Here is this man, no doubt, this man does not know Jesus. This man is out in these tombs. Notice this and then we'll move on. Notice the voice that speaks in verse number 7 and 8. Cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. Do you recognize the voice that is speaking here? It was not the voice of the man. It was the voice of the unclean spirit that spoke through him. I want to say this on a little side note. You better really pay attention to the voices that you're hearing. You better really pay attention to the voices that you're hearing. Because some voices that are speaking to you are not not voices from God. Some voices that are speaking to you are evil spirits that are speaking to you. And you better really pay attention to the voices that you're listening to in your heads. Notice this also in this text. This evil spirit that is speaking knows exactly who Jesus is. (laughs) Knows exactly who Jesus is. He said, I know you're Jesus, the son of the most high God. Listen, just because someone says, I believe there's a God, and just because someone says, I believe that Jesus is the son of God, does not make them a born again believer does not make them know that they're going to heaven. Because although this evil spirit knew who Jesus was and knew who God was, if you'll notice, but he did not want to have anything to do with Jesus. That's another little side note. You know, these people that you know that said they know Jesus and they know who God is, but yet they do not want to have anything to do with Jesus, something's wrong. You hear me? Something's wrong. If you say you know Jesus, but you don't ever want to spend no time with Jesus, something is bad wrong. How far away can you fall? How far away? How low can we go? How low can we actually go? We find here this man was very, very low. What have I have to do with thee? But I don't want to end on that. Because if I dismiss the service right now, we'd leave out of here saying, man, what an awful message. But the second thought, and I'm going to be finished here shortly, so please listen. Not only how low can we go, but how high can Jesus raise us? Amen. How high can Jesus raise us? Can I remind you that Jesus got his disciples in a boat in the middle of the night while there was a bad storm and Jesus told his disciples, we're going to go over to the other side. Do you realize that Jesus went all the way over there in the dark night in the middle of the storm just for one? Just for one? How many of us are thankful that Jesus come just for one? Because I was the one. I was one of the ones that Jesus came and got that Sunday morning. 
19 years old, sitting in a church pew at Friendship Baptist Church. I was sitting there lost in my sins. Dark was in my soul. And that Sunday morning, the Holy Spirit come by, spoke to my heart just for one. As far as I know, I was the only one that morning that got born again, that asked Jesus to save me. How many of us are thankful he'll come just for one? Amen. Amen. I heard a preacher friend of mine say this when me and Jeremy was down there in South Carolina and I was preaching. He said, I'm talking about Jesus this morning. Just say Jesus with me on the count of three. One, two, three, Jesus. He said, I'm not talking about Osama, Obama, or Chelsea's mama. He said, I'm talking about Jesus, amen? When I heard him say that, I was like, what did he just say? We're talking about Jesus, amen? Jesus. Jesus is the one that can come get you. Jesus is the one that can change you. Jesus is the one that can help you. He can take you from the very bottom, from the very bottom. And when he speaks, he spoke the word. He said, come out of him, you unclean spirit. And guess what happened? They had to leave through his word. I'm so thankful. This man who was almost at his lowest has now become at his highest. We see in verse number 15, and there came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. This man who at one time was running, cutting themselves, living among the dead, now this man, now that he's met Jesus, this man is sitting there who was possessed. He's sitting, he's clothed, he's in his right mind. And I say to that, thank you, Jesus, that you're the one that can touch and change and save a soul and change a direction for all of eternity. Can I hear an amen on that? He is the one and the only one that can do that. Now Jesus is leaving. Jesus is fixing to get back in that boat and they're fixing to leave. And in verse number 18, when he's coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Had been possessed. He prayed and that means to call near and to desire. He's saying, hey Jesus, At one time, I didn't want to have anything to do with you. He said, but now that I've met you, and now that you spoke a word, and now that you've changed me, now can I go and be with you? Do you see the difference? I want to be with you, Lord. I want to go where you go. I want to get in the boat with you. If you're going to the other side, please take me with you. Where does Jesus send him? Look what he says in verse number 19. Go home to thy friends. It's an amazing thing to me because I have no idea anything about this individual that is in this chapter. But I do know this, and this is a good mental note. I do know this. He had a home and he had friends. He had a home and he had friends. That means that even while he was in the tombs, he had a home and he had friends. He had a home And he had friends. And what Jesus is saying to him is this. You can follow me. You could follow me. But what you need to do is you need to go home. Go to your house. Go to your friends. And when you get there, tell them all of the great things that has happened to you. 
and share with them how good my compassion was on your life. You say, preacher, I wish I knew what to do. I wish God would give me a job. I wish I knew what direction God would want me to go in. I know I'm a believer, but I just wish he would give me something to do. He has given every single one of us something to do. And what we all need to do, every man, woman, boy, and girl that's accepted Christ as Savior and Lord, we need to go everywhere we can. We need to tell everybody how good he's been to us and how sweet his compassion, his mercy, and his grace has been in our lives, church. We got a lot to tell. The problem is ain't but a handful of you's telling it. Are you with me? We find one who was so low. We find one who was almost as low as they could possibly go. He sent him to a place called the name of Decapolis. Decapolis, a ten city region in Syria. In the Coplist, there was every religion and there was every group of people you could ever imagine there. And he said, I'm sending you home to the I'm sending you there so that you can tell people how good I've been to you and let people know about the compassion that I've showed in your life. I don't want to leave us this morning with Nebuchadnezzar the king I don't want to leave us with him in the woods. I don't want to leave us with King Nebuchadnezzar out there with his hair growed out like eagle's feathers and his fingernails growed like bird claws. And this man who was once in a palace is now in a place where he don't even know what to do and where to go. We can't leave Nebuchadnezzar there because just as sure as Jesus touched this maniac in these tombs, the Lord can do something for that king. Listen with me now. In Daniel chapter number 4, I want to read a verse for you. Listen what happens in verse number 34. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes unto heaven And my understanding returned unto me. And I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored Him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and His kingdom is from generation to generation. Can I say to you, I don't know how low you can go, but I'll say this, if you ever turn and walk away from the Lord, He'll never turn and walk away from you. But if you turn and walk away from the Lord, there is no telling how low you and I can get. But let us learn as King Nebuchadnezzar learned. If you've turned and you've walked away and your mind is in a fog and your life finds yourself in the middle of the wilderness and you don't even know who you are anymore, can I encourage you as Nebuchadnezzar, encourage me, would you lift your eyes towards heaven and would you call on the King of kings and the Lord of lords and realize it's not about you, but it's all about him, that your kingdom will fall, but his kingdom will last forever from generation to generation. Praise His holy name. Praise His holy name. (laughs) Oh yes, my friend. 
Praise his holy name. I can picture old Nebuchadnezzar as he heads back to that kingdom, Brother Jason. He probably looks and says, oh my, how did I get this dirty? He probably looks and says, I need some nail clippers. He probably runs his hands through his hair and says, well, I wish I could run my hands through my hair. He probably runs his hands through his hair and says, how in the world did I get in this shape? And can you imagine as he goes back, as he goes back to the gate of the palace and they say, everyone's attention, everyone's attention. There's a crazy man coming out of the woods and as King Nebuchadnezzar walks up and he gets to the gate and they say, who are you? They say, I'm the king. You don't look like the king. I just picture in my heart him saying, no, I don't look like him. And in here, I'm not the same king I was when I left. But I'm back. And God has done something in my life. And he has changed me. And I am no longer who I used to be. I'm going to ask you, don't be ashamed. If you're no longer who you used to be, raise your hand. I'm no longer who I used to be. God's been good to me. Miss Gina. While Miss Gina is making her way to the piano, I want to say to each and every one, downstairs, upstairs, there's never been a time in your life that Jesus has become your Savior and Lord. Listen closely to the instructions that God sent you this morning. You're about as low as you can go, but there's another step. And that step is eternal separation from a thrice holy God in a place that's not called hell, it's called the lake of fire. And that's where you'll spend all of eternity. And I would encourage you, if you're here today and you're a lost sinner, to come to this altar and repent. Turn from your sins and call on Jesus Christ to be your Savior and Lord. He can take you from the lowest and can raise you to the highest right here in this service this morning. If you believe that, say amen. And if you're a child of God and you find yourself slipping, you're slipping. You're just slowly fading. You're slowly slipping. I'd encourage you to grab your wife or to grab your husband's hand or to grab that person beside you and say, man, come on, come on. I need to get in that altar. I need to pray because there's no telling how low I can go if I continue to let my life slip. I need to be right with the Lord more today than ever. More today than ever I need to be right with the Lord. If that's you, please listen to the instructions from the Holy Spirit of God. Get up out of your seat and come to an altar and say, Lord, restore the joy of thy salvation in my soul. Help me to be back excited about serving you. Lord, I pray. We need to pray every day. Lord, I pray. Do not let me, do not let me find myself in a ditch on the side of the road. You know how you get there? One step at a time. 
One step at a time. That's how you get there. Who's interested this morning in not going there at all? Would you please come and pray? Would you please, I beg you, get up out of your pew and come and pray. And either ask the Lord to save you or ask the Lord to give you the strength to keep moving forward for Him. Ask Him. Ask Him this morning. Come on. Come on. Come pray. Come on. Come pray. Come pray. Come on. Lord, save my soul. Lord, help me. I want to go to heaven to be with you. Lord, help me to realize how important every day of my life is. And Lord, do not let me, Lord, do not let me start taking steps in the wrong direction because when I start taking those steps, there is no telling how low I can go. Lord, help me and give me strength. Come on, young man. Get on up here in this hall. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I do not want to go there. I do not want to go there. I need the help from a holy God today. I need help from a righteous God today. I need help. I need help. I need help. I realize this morning I'm almost as low as I can get. And I realize what my next step is. It's into eternity. I realize as a Christian, I realize as a child of God, how important it is to stay in the will of God. I talked to a man this morning after the 830 service who teaches Sunday school in this church and said to me, Pastor, I was that man slowly but surely began to get out of the will of God and he said I was so far gone and he said God sent me and God showed me and he restored my walk back with him I'm not talking about getting saved again I'm talking about after you've been saved when you get out of the will of God I'm talking about getting back right with Jesus amen getting back right with Jesus saying Lord help me and teach me this truth That's what we're talking about. If you're saved, raise your hand. I'm saved. All right, put them down. You ever found yourself out of the will of God and didn't realize how quick it took you to get there? Raise your hand. Amen. Then you know. Then you know how important it is. You know. You know. So serious. It's so serious.